What's going on, guys? Thank you for tuning into In the Fight with Bo Templin. This week on the podcast, we have our first ever reoccurring guest. He was our second guest ever on the show, and we talked to him back in December. This week on the ep- on the podcast, Anthony Showtime Pettis. He is back. You know, when we talked back in December, he was in this very transitional phase of his life, and it was cool you know, like six months later, getting an update on where he was with all of that, whether it was business, whether it was mental health, whether it was physical health, all of those things in his career, it was cool getting that update from him. You know, we hit it off back in December and I was really looking forward to talking to him again. And now that the episode is done, I'm, I'm even more excited now because we, we picked up right where we left off last time. And man, the, the, the conversations with him, I do my best to ask good questions, but ultimately it ends up just being a conversation kind of between the two. And, you know, he's, he's a little bit older than I am, but in a weird way, just, it kind of feels like we're, we're buds a little bit. So yeah, I, I really can't thank Anthony enough for the time. Another great episode and, and really stoked for you guys to get to listen to this one. So without further ado, we can get started this week on in the fight with Bo Templin, Anthony Showtime Pettis. This is 1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday, April 16th. It is 1 p.m. here in San Diego, California. And guys, I have not been able to do this yet. My first reoccurring guest onto In the Fight with Bo Templin. He is a former WEC champion. He is a former UFC champion. And as I said last time, he's one of the most exciting combat sports athletes we have ever had. That is no bullshit. And I really don't get sick of saying that either. Now, I I said that last time. and I was like, yo, I'm honestly going to say the same exact shit as I said last time. Ladies and gentlemen. Anthony Showtime Pettis in the building. AP, thank you, brother, for doing this. Really appreciate it. Fine, bro. Um, so we talked in December, and I just want to go over a few things that have kind of gone down since then. Okay. So I've got you faced adversity in your last UFC fight, opening round like a little shaky, right? Yep. But as we kind of talked about the sports psychologist, right? Like that doesn't mean anything. We can bounce back, and that's what you fucking did. Rounds two and three were super fucking sick. So that's, we close it out with a great round three, super sick kick. We're going to get into that, by the way. Um, Good win in December. You celebrate the win with a nice vacation, I believe, to like the desert mountains, right? I've been a couple places, actually, bro. I was in, uh, uh, right away, I went to Miami to to go uh, figure out my next contract. And then we went to uh, St. Bart's for a week. Um, And then uh, I think you're talking about Amangiri. Um, in Utah, that's a cool resort spa that I took my uh, fiance for her birthday. So yeah, we, we, we hung out there. Celebrate with the sick vacation signs, the new deal with the PFL IG followers going absolutely crazy. And then you got a spinning kick over Cody Simpson, dude, am I missing anything here? 
Man, it's been a it's been a ride right now, bro. Like, uh, you know, when we last talked, you know, I was in a position where I was trying to figure out what was next in my career, and I had no idea what was next. You know, so like going into that fight with that on your mind and like having a uh, having to like get through them thoughts plus fight, you know, and 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 make sure you're you're in that in that fight and not you know thinking past that fight. So, um, I think everything prepared me for where I'm at right now, man. Like me int- being introduced to that mindset, that that guidance, and that that journey of like finding myself. Um, and then uh, being in the spot that I am now, man, it feels good to be where I'm at. I feel really, really um, comfortable, structured, and um, just confident. So with the uh, with the fight, you know, just that kind of went down last December. Like, did you have a moment, that opening round, where you're like, yo, I be- <laughs> this sports psychology shit better fucking work. Like, this is what it's for. Like, did you have a moment where you're like, yo, this either works or it doesn't. We're about to find out. Man, like the first exchange, I try to throw a high kick and I slip. I'm like, dang, like the floor's a little slippery. And he gets on top of me. And the only one punch he hit me with, my nose starts bleeding. I'm just like, dang, you know, I, I smell the blood. You know, it's just a familiar feeling. And I'm just like, all right, either I can go to, this can go two ways. I can go get attached to what happened in the past and like go down that path. Or let me just regroup, restructure and, 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 and fight from this position. And, uh, you know, that, that was what I was like really happy about is I got to use them skills in this fight. And the average fan don't, don't see that, you know, unless I actually like explain to them where my mind's at and my, my path, but they just see like, you know, he, you know, first round was bad. And then the second round, he put it together. But the, the switch that has to happen when you go through some adversity like that, you're bleeding, the world's watching, um, and you know, uh, this guy wants to win just as bad as you want to win. So it's like, a, a, a battle within a battle. You got to like pull yourself back together. Like, let me get present. Let me use my techniques. I, I knew I was, had more skills than the guy, but fighting's fighting. Anything can happen. You know, it's, it's, it's a crazy sport. So uh, again, cause this is actually a question I, I had for you. And I'm glad you just said that. Like what I really like about the NBA finals seven games. And I know that when the seven games are over, the best team wins. In fighting, do you think the best man always wins? No, not at all. I mean, I think um, so much that goes into it, man. Like the the training camps, the weight cut, um, the team behind you, um, cuts, injuries. And a lot of stuff happens in, in combat sports that the average, well, just the fans don't know about because they, how would they know? They don't watch our training camps. They don't watch our practices. So um, they only get to see us for 15, 25 minutes at the most. And you got guys that – um have skill sets that are ridiculous, but then turning it all on and putting it all together on fight night is, is the, the, the special um, recipe, if you will. You know, if you can put it all together and make it happen on fight night, then um, you're in a good spot. Cause that's like, honestly, like one of my things is I really try to not like criticize guys if they miss weight. Cause you, you do not know what they're going through behind the cameras, like behind the scenes, they could have a hurt toe that, you know, you're not able to get in their miles. Like you literally never know. And so I'm always just like, all right, guys, let's pause. Let's catch our breath. Maybe there's something else going on here. Um, With the sports psychology shit, it's kind of like one of those things you always hear, like whether it's like new year's resolution people or um, like, Oh, I'm super into yoga right now. But then after three months, like, you know, they're going to classes or whatever, and then they fade out of it. Are you, as bought in as committed as like yo this is going to change my career as you were a year ago yeah man not even my career my life you know, like the, the way i the way um i'm am right now man is like everything's on 
on point. That's perfect. You know, and I, I, it's hard. It's hard to say that was like my relationships, my my finances, my fight career, my businesses at home. Like I feel like I'm in a great spot where like I I understand I can only control my thoughts and and the way I thought think and is the way I'm gonna feel and what I'm gonna do. So I think um this journey is crazy, man. Like when you, when you get down this journey of, you know, that mental growth, mental health, mental, everything about you know, mental, even sports psychology, like it's a real muscle. Like if you can flex that mind muscle and, and, and you got to do it every day. It's not something that you can just be like, all right, I'm going to try it in a fight. And then if it works, like I'll do it the next fight. No, it has, it's like something you got to practice every day. Like when I'm, um, I start, I meditate now too. Like when I, when I meditate, you know, getting my, my thoughts, like my thoughts, you get 70,000 thoughts a day. And it's so hard for your, your mind to be like, all right, let me pull myself back to this present moment and then do what I'm supposed to be doing to whatever task I'm, I'm doing right now. Um, for me, I get to do it a lot on my um, treadmill runs, you know, cause like, obviously we're in a, we're in a, a quarantine right now. So the only running I can do is on a treadmill. So I'm about, I'm running 30, 45 minutes um, every morning. Plus at night to do my weight cut stuff. Like we talked about. Um, so when I'm doing them 35, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, I'm, I'm my, my job is to stay present. You know, I make sure I, I make sure I'm on that treadmill. I'm not thinking about the fight. I'm not thinking about the weigh in. I'm not thinking about what bills are due or anything like that. It's like being present right in that moment. Um, and the more you do that and the more you can um, flex that mind muscle, the easier it is. When you're in these, like uh, these media weeks or whatever, and it feels like uh, I'm actually going to pause on that question during these media weeks, like you're now like the face of PFL or whatever, right? Like huge name, signee, first debut fight for the company. You're trying to stay fucking focused. Like you're you're trying to stay locked in. At the same time, though, you don't want to give like dull answers to media. You don't want to be a dick or an asshole to anyone who's like trying to like hype up or promote the fight, you know, maybe for your benefit even. Do you ever find yourself like, dude, I got to turn it. Fuck. Okay. Now I got to be ready for the camera and like almost pretend to be excited. Whereas like the reality is your focus or how do you balance kind of like the focus with the entertainment of media week? A uh, great question, man. Um, gratitude. I think if you, um, you know, come to a, a place like, like this, man, I could like, I could like, man, I'm here 17 days. I could have found a million things wrong with why this is not a good way to, for me to fight this next fight. But um, if you, you know, just practice gratitude you, it changes the whole mindset you know i'm like blessed to be in this position blessed to be the face of the pfl um i get to do these interviews i don't have to do these interviews like things like that really shape the way you feel and the way you act and um you know i think um if you're authentic and and, and you're you're interested in what you're talking about i mean it's i'm passionate about fighting i've been i gave my life to this sport and um, i'm in a spot now where i get to grow a new company and be the face of it so definitely blessed so we can talk a little bit about there. We can kind of head this in two different directions, but so your bout with clay and he's been bouncing back and forth between like boxing and MMA, which kind of funny enough, we can, you know, discuss that here in a little bit as well, but you see that happen and you see guys like sometimes struggle with the transitions back and forth, you know, Connor, everyone was freaking out. O'Connor's preparing for Manny Pacquiao. That's why he takes dust the Dustin fight. Then in the Dustin fight, he's not checking leg kicks. And that's just like that's what the average Joe is saying. I'm sure there was a lot more to that fight that you saw than you know what we fucking see at home. But do you see any potential holes in Clay's game because of the like the boxing heavy stances or mentality? Like, is this something you get excited that you're gonna get to show off like the kickboxing? 
Um, you know what? I think um, when you have more weapons to use, like obviously I got kicks, I got knees, I got points. yeah. PFL, you can't use elbows, so you take away the elbows on that spot. But um, I have more weapons, I have more tools, I have uh, I have more experience. Um, I feel like um, with a guy like that, you know, he's dangerous because he has nothing to lose, and you know, he's fighting. You know what I'm saying? So it's like he wins this fight, and and he's in a different position than he was ever in. So um, you know, that makes me feel um motivated, hungry, ready to ready to get out there and show what I'm good at. Um, the same time, man, I understand like I'm I can't go fight this dude. I have to like bring him into my world. I have to bring him into my game. I have to make him want to uh, make him feel uncomfortable. So like, if I got there and I put my hands up and I put him in that boxing you know, zone, he's, he's going to feel comfortable. He's going to try, you know, he's going to feel good out there. I, my job is to make him feel uncomfortable the whole time, fight him at a range where he can't punch me and I can kick him. So with the no elbows, like dynamic of the PFL or whatever, is that like more incentive for you to keep like greater distance? Because like, obviously if you're doing clinch work or like, you know, the Greco Roman, like dirty boxing, Randy Couture stuff. Like yeah, if you're close, like there's a benefit to using the elbows or whatever, but for you now, like, are you going to try and maybe even keep more distance because you can't use that stuff? No, because, uh, you know, I think, um, for me to get to my wrestling and my jujitsu, we have to be close. And, um, he hasn't, I mean, he's not on my level when it comes to the ground game. And I think he, uh, he did a lot of interviews and he's saying like, he expects me to shoot a double leg and shake him down on the ground. I'm like this guy must have not watched my fights because you know I don't I usually don't do that unless I unless I want to you know unless I'm like really in a spot where I'm like All right, let me let me just get 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 some confidence going but um against a guy like him man I'm just gonna use my whole my whole toolbox I'm not gonna go out there and be like All right, just because he's good at boxing I can't punch like I'm using my hands my kicks my my knees I'm gonna go for go for shots I'm gonna make it an MMA fight make him make him uncomfortable take him to to the deep water if I have to but I don't I don't I I feel like my styles is so unorthodox the angles my kicks come from, the combos I throw, you can't prepare for that. It's hard to train for that. And when my mental is on right, man, it's, it's, and I'm, I'm just building off of that. You know, I'm coming off of two wins. It's been a while since I had you know two back to back coming to a new organization, main event. You know, I, I got a lot, a lot of stake here. Um, you know, I think we can keep, we'll just keep it hush. Like let's let him think you're going to shoot double legs early or like, you know what I mean? Like a double leg okay. takedown. That's fine. If he if he wants to think that he must must have forgotten the nickname and and how you kind of got it a little bit if that's the case. Uh, so let's talk let's talk boxing here, okay? Yeah. Rumors had it that De La Hoya, you know, is making his return. He is. Your name was mentioned, and now Eddie Alvarez's name is the like main one that's being circulated. Yeah. When were you approached about? the possibility of like a De La Hoya bout. When I went to Miami to sign my contract or like to figure out where we we're going to go with my, I met my manager that day, we got the phone call. So it was December and uh, we were looking at a April fight possibly before the tournament started. Um, I, I don't think he was going to be ready during that time. My tournament was about to start. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm, this takes over, you know, a boxing fight right now. Cause I'm, I, I put myself on the line for this, this is my, this is my life. Um, so if it does happen with Eddie Alvarez, man, I, I I'm happy for Eddie, man. That's that's good. Yeah. Like I can't like I fought Eddie as well, um, but I think it makes more sense for him to fight a striker. You know, I feel like uh, you know Eddie's a wrestler. He does have good hands, but he comes from a wrestling background. That's his strength. Um, I think he, uh, Chuck Liddell was mentioned, but I mean Chuck's Chuck's a little big. Yeah, he was mentioned as an opponent. I think I, I mean it could be rumors too. That's just like something that was going on. But I kind of gave that up after after we for sure didn't happen and it, it wasn't going to happen in April. 
my season started and I'm like, all right, so I'm pretty much booked until October. I literally have four fights back to back to back to back to back all the way through October. So I'm in season right now, which feels good, man. I never, I never could say that before. It was always like, I don't know when my next fight is. It might pop up in two weeks, three weeks, you know, you never know. But this uh, organization runs it as a season. So like the PFL has two preseason fights, a playoff fight, and the championship fight all within like six or seven months. So um, my life feels really structured right now. There's no uh, like strategy change knowing that you're going to fight again in a little bit. Cause like, you know, when uh, like the ultimate fighter goes down and you're, you're in the house the whole time and you got to fight again in another two weeks or whatever, and you have to make weight again in another two weeks. Yep. There was a reason the same type of fighters won the ultimate fighter over and over. Like you had to be good on the ground because the guys who got into the wars wouldn't make it through the entire house. Yep. Is there a little bit of that with the PFL season? Kind of, um, you know, it's just it's just less it's less of uh of opponents. I'm not, I'm not, there's ten guys in my division. I'm only going to fight four of them. So like, okay, think about like everything everybody's good at. You know, there's it, it kind of changes like the way I approach it. But me and my coach, we were like, you know what? Because I come from a Taekwondo background, so I've 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 done the tournament circuit. I've done chasing points in it i kind of feel like i'm doing that again like chasing points and being structured but the way the thing that changes the most is the preparation because you can't give everything like like i used to do my fights like hey i'm gonna kill myself for two months and i'll have a month off like this time that doesn't happen so you kind of got to like balance how hard how hard you're pushing your body what skill sets you're training um just really really structured man like i have such a great uh practice schedule right now it's like i can do this for for a long time like it feels good to be in that spot um, and then as well as the mindset going into it, because you are chasing points. Um, the way it works is if, if you win first round, you get six points. So you get an additional three points plus the win points. And then if you win second round, you get, you get five, uh, two points plus your win, so five. And the guy who has the most points at the end of the season, that's how their placing placement works in the playoffs. So there is incentives. You know, Instead of like a knockout bonus for 50K, you know, I win this, this fight. I'm guaranteed my spot for, this, for the finale. Um, and the winner of the tournament gets an extra million dollars on top of everything else. Which, like, it's pretty fucking badass. Like, and I'm, They're definitely taking care of me very well. You know, I can't complain about, no, I, and I won't complain. My contract's amazing. So, like, uh, on top of that, you know, it's the chance of you know, winning an extra million dollars. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun year. Can I, and don't answer if, like, you're not even remotely comfortable answering. But I'm like, because, like, the moment you won the fight, I was like, all right. Got the W, looked good in it in December. Like, there's going to be people who want him. What was the second most likely organization that you would have ended up with? I don't know, man. It was, um. well, th- I mean, the top three, obviously, the, the Bellator, the uh, 1FC, um, PFL, and then obviously I'm coming from UFC, so yeah. we weren't going there. But um, my little bro's at um, Bellator. I like him being by himself over there. I feel like he has a home there. He's about to fight for a world title two weeks after I fight, so big 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 months for the Pettis bros um but uh one fc's you know over overseas so that's why i was like you know what you know this one's here in in the states it's a tournament style and that, that's kind of what what prompted me to like negotiate these talks even more and like get get better with that and then the way they approached it man honestly they they approached it like a partnership and like you know asking me what i wanted it, out of my fight career where i'm at you know like it wasn't just like hey this is your contract and show up and you're gonna get this is how much you're gonna get it was like more of a incentive for like hey you know, we we have broadcast we have espn platform we have um the op- opportunity for sponsors we have um a lot of stuff that was like incentives on top of what they're already paying me 
Um, have you decided, like, I assume your sponsors are decided for like your shorts and stuff. Um, did you have to negotiate all that, uh, once you left the UFC? No. Um, well, I have an agent that does that, but yeah, yeah. So he went out and, you know, found the sponsors that are willing to, you know, take this platform. And, um, honestly, this, this company has made some big moves, man. I mean, they sent some big names. Um, I'm excited to see what happens, you know, what kind of views we can get. And I'm kind of taking it on my, on my shoulders to make sure we get the views. You know, I got to go out there and create a world star top 10 moment. Um, and, uh, I love it. When the pressure's on me like that, I feel like that's when Showtime really comes out. Dude, I'm, I'm, you got me a little fired up right now, dude. I'm, I'm feeling it right now. Okay. Um, you mentioned your bro. What is something that he does better than you in fighting and in life? And then what is something you do better than him in fighting and in life? Serge is such a calm dude, man. I don't think I've ever seen him like get out of his character. Like, like even when he fights, when he fights, he's so technical. Like, even if he gets hit in the face, he doesn't like break his, his game plan. He just stays at it. And that's something like, so it, it's funny because in Taekwondo, we are all, we, we all grew up doing Taekwondo. Serge is the only world champ out of all three of my, you know, all three of us. My older brother does it as well. And uh, the reason why is because he had this clean structure because Taekwondo is point sparring and he would never break from that structure. And he kind of lives that way too, man. He's like a simple dude. Um, you know, has, he has nice things, but he's just like a sh- very structured dude, man. Like he doesn't have, he, he doesn't need to like do crazy things like I do. You know, like I feel like mine's like chaotic. I, I thrive in chaos where he's loves the structure. Sure. Um, okay. So you, I need, I need some help here. Your watch game is absolutely bonkers. Yeah. And like, I'm dude. I, okay. So I'm 23. Like let's, I'm living in my parents' place. Like clearly I don't have the, you know, whatever it takes to get into the watch game. Can you rank your three favorite watches that you have? And then like explain a little bit like why each one is, you know, is it just aesthetics or name? Um, you know what? I, I I used to buy it for aesthetics and name, but now it's more of an investment, man. Like watches don't really lose their value, especially if you don't like put diamonds on them and make them all crazy. Like this is an Audemars, um, something that's going to stay, keep its value for a long time. Um, I think, I think as I grew up and understood like jewelry and investments and stuff, don't, it's not good to buy the blinged out crazy watches and <laughs> lose money on that. I lost so much money on that growing up. You know, I've been in the game since you know, man, 12 years now I've been making money and buying watches and trading jewelry and figuring, you know, doing stuff like that. Um, once I learned um, about investments and stuff, it's it's kind of stupid, man. Don't don't buy no watches. You don't need to. Like, unless it's really going to be something that you really, really want, it's more smart to put that money in some investments and, and get that money back. And, and, you know, you're building wealth opposed to just looking flashy. Uh, I mean, now I you you're making me ask this, but dumbest purchase you've made, you know, d- during your early days? And so many dumb purchases, bro. Honestly, the most dumbest thing I wish I could say back is the club nights, going out to the clubs and spending like thousands of dollars just to sit down and drink alcohol. You know, I stopped drinking for you know a while back, so like now, like actually seeing it from this this vision and and drinking's fun, man. It's not taken away from anybody. If you can do it and you can control it, and it's 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 part of like your life. That's nothing against people that drink, but like me sitting on this side and seeing what I was doing, I'm like, man, I was just throwing away money, you know, college funds and. And vacations and experiences I could have gave my family in a you know one night at a club for no reason. Yeah, I'm like, it's a weird balance because I I do think like I'm a social person, but like I'm not really a club guy as much. Like, not really as much my scene. I would rather spend that money and go sit like front row at a like Laker or Clipper game or something like that. Like for me, that's more fun. But definitely, 
I, I know what you're talking about. Um, my career, you know, where I was at, uh, you know, I was young, bro. I, I won yeah. the, 21 years old. I'm on the second bout of 23. Got a lot of money given to me at a, at a young age. And, uh, bro, I, can't, I grew up poor. So, like, I was, I thought that was what success looked like. And then now that I'm down this journey and, and I see real successful people and people building wealth, it's a, that's the wrong vibe. Oh, it might be a good thing that, like, I'm not where you were at 23. It might it might be a little bit of a good thing, a little bit of a blessing in disguise. But at a young age, I, that's what I take. I take that from it. When I when I was spending dumb money and I wasn't like getting the advice, I, I learned that at a young age, and I, I I made that change, man. And now I'm in a different spot where like I, I'm not impressed by that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah. well, what, but when we talked, you know, I was telling you like, dude, I was watching you when I was like ten or whatever. You're like, you're making me feel old. I'm like, well, dude, it's not though that you're old. You just literally started so young younger than anyone else i know yeah man i started uh my first pro fight was on my 18th birthday and then i got introduced right quick to the wc so my name was popping on you know from the wc i did the showtime kick and i was like 20 23 years old when all that happened and then i went and go to the ufc when that belt you know so i have I, I had a blessed life man this this game and i gave my i gave my life to this to this game you know like mixed martial arts is something that um Man, I gave so much to it. I missed so many, so many life opportunities, birthday parties, um, just the works, you know, that I, I, I've really invested in this, this career and um, I'm happy where I'm at now. Um, can you rank your three favorite strikes that you've landed in a pro fight? Three favorite, the punch I hit Wonderboy with. Oh, that was so clean, man. And like, and he, and he was giving me some frustration, just kind of his range and the way the way he uh, moves and stuff. So the punch I hit Wonderboy, Wonderboy with, obviously the Showtime kick, you know, and I landed that, and that's crazy that they, that even happened in the title fight. Um, and the last spin kick I just threw, because I've been I was working on that. You know, if you watch my uh, training stuff, I threw that, and so does my little bro, that low kick, spin hook kick. So that was another good strike. Okay, so I, I like we got to do this, and this is something I kind of do with guests. It's like walk us through the kick from December a little bit, like, you know, from our perspective, we see just like average Joe, we see Alex like starting to slow down a little bit, right? Like the first round went, you know, the way he wanted it to or whatever, but by like round three momentum was starting to build like in your direction. Mm -hmm. Can you walk through like a subtle detail that us at home miss or like, when did you see something that you're like, Oh, okay, I'm going to be able to land this or I'm at least going to give it a go. Yeah, I knew I was going to land it, actually. Um, I, I, I switched southpaw, and then I was playing that glove touch with him, and I was holding his – I was literally holding his glove, and he wasn't – he didn't know what to do. So I, I I found my range right there. So once I can control that range and that distance – and the only reason why I didn't do that in the first round is because I tried to do that jump kick right away, and I slipped. So, like – and then when I got on top of him, like, man, I could have reversed him the whole time. So it's, it's crazy, like, when you play these fights out at every level. But – um. Yeah, so I, I switched southpaw. I played the hand game. I found my range. I went back orthodox, and I threw a low kick, and he he bit on the check. So when you, they check, they're on one leg, and when they're on one leg, you can't move. So knowing that, I just touched the low kick, boom, spin hook kick, and it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty fucking cool, dude. Um, the uh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Question for you: You walk into a gym, okay, MMA gym, boxing, you know, just whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you know someone knows what they're doing versus you walk in, you see someone doing something, you're like, oh, they're they're an idiot. They're not in here for the right reasons. Like, 
uh, oh, they're just getting started. How do you like, uh, what's the telltale sign of someone who knows what they're doing versus someone who doesn't? Their fight stance. Like somebody who knows how to, like if they have a fight stance and it's like, it looks uncomfortable, they don't know what they're doing. Like people that that know what they're doing, the you can't tell the difference between when they switch the left, south, ball, orthodox. Like me, like it's seamless when I switch both stances. You, no one can even they don't even know what's going on when I do it. Most guys, so that takes hours and hours and hours and hours of practice on both sides, which is is hard to do. So like ten thousand hours is probably like you know that's the rule for everything. But yeah, like, as to get on south ball and orthodox side, and then being able to do it at the highest level. Um, that's, that's, that's where I see like real skill sets are. Then I, then you bring it down. Somebody has like a really good rights, you know, right stance. They can lean, but they're still in that journey of mastery. Um, probably the last one or two things I'll ask you here, uh, like your social media strategy. Cause obviously like things have really like blown up in the last year that you've gained like 750,000 followers or whatever on Instagram, what is like the mentality or thought process like in the social strategy that you guys are kind of like working on? Obviously, you know, like the Showtime Entertainment Group and stuff like that. You you're feeling probably more responsible by you know leading by example and stuff like that. But I was just curious what the mentality was or what the sudden shift was. Yeah, you know, I never focused on social media. Like it's crazy. Like all of my followers were very authentic, and I just came from obviously the platform I had with the UFC. But now that we're focusing on it, you know, I'm I'm, I'm just trying to be authentic on there. You know, like I'm giving them a. I, I like to see what the people want. They love training videos. Like if you get if you mm-hmm. people want, you're gonna get more likes, more followers. They love training videos. They love flashy stuff. Um, motivational quotes. That's just me, like giving giving back. You you posted one that was fire. You know, I, I reposted it. Um, what did I say? I gotta look back. It's I got okay. To, I'll, I'll I'll text you after this. And damn. Yeah, you posted you posted something. I, I reposted. I put it on my story. Um, but just like things like that that make people want to come back and like obviously the, they come back for the martial arts. But then when you give them value, then they're gonna come back even more. You know, like, like when somebody leaves and they feel like motivated by something you posted, like yo, I'm gonna keep following that guy. Or I'm gonna actually you know look into this guy's lifestyle. And I think that's what the, I was very authentic with that. And now I'm giving more access as well with the Showtime group. I you know we have we have a crew where they they follow us around. We're actually releasing my training camp for this fight um, on our, my YouTube channel this week, next week. So we're building up the YouTube channel. We're doing uh the TikTok. Even though I'm not dancing or nothing like that, but yeah. my, it's, it's making cool little videos and it's a fun fun process as well, man. Like if you look at it like um as a business, you know, that's what, that's what, that's what I look at as my social media. Like I try not to be on there, like obviously authentic, but still like I'm, I'm an, I'm a brand. Anthony Pettis is a brand. So I got to treat it that way. Um, and I think the growth just comes from, from that man, just being authentic. Non-fight related, nothing related to athletics, whatever. What's something that is exciting you right now, just in the world of AP, just like everyday daily life, what could be family related, whatever it might be. What's something that's exciting you right now? No, not fighting related. I'm about to be a new dad, June 14th, Woo! the middle of my season, man. So I fight June 10th. My uh, baby's due June 14th. So I'm like telling my, I'm like, hey, baby, I sit down until this fight's over. Don't do not do no walking. <laughs> so it's a quick turnaround. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it, man. I, I think uh, I do have a daughter. My daughter's, you know, my, my first daughter's about to be uh, 10 this year. So it's like a big, a big gap, you know, almost a decade between. I don't remember how to hold a baby. So, uh, you know, we, we go to the baby store. We're like buying all this, like new stuff it's crazy how high-tech baby stuff is now it's crazy as it's wild yeah, i haven't been in a baby store in a long time but you know, we we're just there and uh yeah it's exciting you know like it's a it's a new phase for me and my fiance to enjoy and um yeah we're, it's a good spot for me 
I don't know how much of a basketball fan you are, but Fred Van Fleet's a guard for the Raptors, and he had a kid when they were making their run to the finals. And, like... And they won. Dude, it gave them fucking superpowers is what it did. Like, you see that a lot where guys will have a kid, all of a sudden their game goes crazy. They're, like, they're playing for something more than themselves. Now, uh, do you remember that happening when you had your daughter? And then yeah. is there any chance you'd want your fiance to have the kid maybe like a week early so that you kind of get those superpowers before the Man, second fight. Everything is I'm in this quarantine for 17 days. So if she has it early, I wouldn't be able to be there. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, we're going to have to figure it out. You know? So I, um, I'm hoping it doesn't happen until the, the day that it's due, but, um, if it does, we know what address it and make sure I'm, I'm, I figure out how to get there. But, um, yeah, I feel like, uh, when my first daughter was born, Aria, um, that's when I went on my title run and I won the UFC belt. So I, I lost to Clay Guida in June. She was born in July, and, and then I went on my title run. So uh, there's definitely motivation when you know when you got another little face looking at mouth to feed. So yeah, I'm excited about it. Oh, dude! Oh my goodness! I want you to get this Millie so bad, my guy. I want you to get it so damn bad, um, dude. That's 30 minutes. I've taken up way too much of your time, anyways. Dude, I appreciate you every single time we do this. Best of luck through the week. Like, you know, I'll obviously do my best to promote whatever and get people to tune in the fight. Friday, April 23rd, ESPN2. Showtime. He's back. Showtime is back, baby. Um, dude, thank you so much for the time. Just appreciate it as always. Thank you, man. Have a good one. Take care, AP. And that is a wrap for this week's episode of In the Fight. Thank you so much to Anthony Pettis for the time. I mean, 30 minutes. He's stuck in a brutal quarantine right now. 17 days he's got to be locked into that that room and gym. So thank you to him for the time. Thank you guys for checking out the episode. We're growing. This family, this community is growing. It's been incredible. And we have a few more episodes lined up here in the near, near future that I am really excited about. So thank you guys for the time. Thank you for being a part of this journey and this ride, and we will see you next week. This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.